Good morning, church. I'm going to be reading 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Thank you once again for uh, being part of our virtual service, um, thinking in terms of what we have learned during this season of pandemic of COVID-19. To help us reflect on that, I'm going to read from a quote by Edward Farrell, who writes, each one of us is called to a new conversion. Each one of us is called to experience his or her growing edge at this particular point in his or her life. So what is the growing edge of our faith during this season of pandemic, during this season of COVID-19, that's what we've been looking at. What lessons have we learned? And here we are again. So we continue to look at 2 Corinthians, uh, the most personal of Paul's writings. And he has a wonderful little text in there in terms of our uh, relationship with the Spirit in Pentecost and with the Lord and how they help us in this issue of going forth. So the scene begins um, in 2 Corinthians 3 with Paul makes a statement, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And so just to set up the context, if you have time to look at chapter 3, 2 Corinthians, and, and look at the preceding verses, Paul is talking about Moses. There's a story back to Moses when he is meeting with God on Mount Sinai and the Ten Commandments are, are being delivered, that scene, when he comes back down the mountain, the people are afraid of looking at him because of the luminosity of his head. And so they ask him, please, please put a veil on so that we won't be afraid. And Moses agrees to do that. So it's a, a reference back, an allusion back to Moses being veiled. But for Paul, he wants to make a spiritual point out of that in terms of what does it mean for us to have veiled hearts. So he jumps forward in terms of that story. And so we can think of our own lives. What veils us, perhaps? What shuts us down? COVID-19 is a time of isolation, of separating. We're coming out of that, but that's still where we're at, of being shut down. It's like we have veil, a veil over us in some way. So we can think, for example, of prejudice. We've heard a lot of that uh, recently with Black Lives Matter, the racism that is real in, in our world, in our land. And prejudice is a veil. Our minds are veiled. So we only see certain things. There's a veil over us. Or we can think of greed in our materialistic culture. We, we want things and that, that, that desire overwhelms everything else. And, acts like his veil. We can think certainly also of our addictions, hard or soft, whatever way we experience addictions, that is a veil because it distorts our way of thinking. It distorts our love actually because we have this veil over our minds and hearts or hatred, distortion of our worldview. So much of that is going on. So that's all an example of veils and we have our own veils in different ways that's where Paul begins. We have lived with veiled hearts. But he wants us to move beyond that, to live with unveiled hearts. 
And so we see uh, this statement in verse 17, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And then verse 18, he writes, and all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. We've had veiled hearts, and now he's saying, but we can go forward with Christ so that our hearts are unveiled. And he says that this whole experience is, is one of freedom. It's not a legalistic, fundamentalistic uh, approach. We, we have freedom. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if you were taking a theology class right now, there would be a lot of discussion about, okay, how can that be? The Lord is the Spirit. The Spirit is the Lord. How does that fit in terms of our understanding of the Trinity? That's not where Paul's going. He's not trying to think in terms of how do the three persons of the Trinity relate. That's not it. He's saying that the Spirit of God and the Lord, the Spirit of Christ, work for us. They are in close association with us, with you, in your walk the Spirit and Christ together, helping us moving from veiled hearts to unveiled hearts, that is the thrust. So we move beyond legalism to a relationship of, with God, a freedom where we are in relationship with him, there's communication back and forth, it is free. We're not tied into the same for everybody, that's what Paul is saying. So it's not a bunch of rules because of course, um, the Jewish community in the first century, as was known, was following a lot of rules. Paul is saying we are going beyond that. So a first question we might ask then is, okay, well, how are we receptive? What is our level of receptivity to the work of the Spirit in Christ working in our lives so that we walk in freedom? And so again, Farrell writes this, I think it's a good statement. What we need is a passionate receptivity, a passionate receptivity to the gentle breeze, the gentle wind, the gentle touch, the gentle urging. There is always some area of our heart which is especially calling for conversion, where there is the beginning of the new life. How receptive. Am I to the work of the Spirit, to Christ working in my life right now in COVID-19? Only you know that. You know how receptive you are. I know how receptive I am. Am I saying yes? Am I like soil that just soaks up the water? We had a big rainstorm last night. Do we soak it in or is it hard and it just bounces off? Paul is saying that we are invited to walk and to receive and know the Spirit of God in our lives right now, in our reality. So, receptivity, number one. But for Paul, it also means it's a time of growth. It's not a time of just plateauing. As we say yes to the receptivity of Christ, we want to grow and mature in him. And so, in verse 18, we hear the words of that we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. That word transformed is metamorphosis, just as we have the English, it's the same root. We are being changed. A metamorphosis is going on. 
from a cocoon to a wonderful butterfly. That's the picture. That's how we are to grow in our relationship with God, not flatline, but to carry on because the Lord and the Spirit are working in our lives. It is a growth pattern. Are we growing? Do we want to grow? So transformation begins from the inside out. So Paul says in another place, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, same word, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Keep thinking, keep maturing, keep being open to who God is and what he wants to do in your life. That's the picture, it's a picture of growth. Physically, we may be getting weaker, but spiritually, in mentally, emotionally, we can be maturing and growing. That is what Paul is saying. In fact, that's what the spiritual life is all about. But it's not just an interior work. Paul says also something amazing in Romans 8.23, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, note, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. It's not just an interior work. He looks forward to the hope where our entire body will have a metamorphosis and our bodies will be like Christ. It's an amazing hope so that we will be with Christ, we will be with the Spirit. Long after our sun has burned out, we will be with Christ. That is this amazing work of transformation, Paul says. So it is one of hope, it is one of growth. So, of course, we can ask ourselves, then, how, how am I working with that? How am I cooperating with the Spirit's work in my life so that I'm growing? What are the spiritual disciplines that I'm using? And how am I open to the spirit of freedom that Paul says dwells within us? We have the first fruits of the Spirit right now. Then how is this reality going on for you and me in these days? So how am I receptive? How am I growing? And then we, how do we grow? We grow by gazing at Jesus. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. It's a lovely statement. Seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror. He, so he's saying we're, we're looking at Jesus just as we might look in a mirror. We're not seeing him exactly as he is, but we're seeing him as he reveals himself on planet Earth right now through the Spirit. In a mirror, we're looking, we are gazing, but the question is then what are we looking at? What is being imprinted on our minds and our hearts right now in your day-to-day? In your day-to-day of COVID-19, what are we allowing, what are you allowing to be imprinted? Something's being imprinted. What's being imprinted? We can look at Netflix all day. Well, something's being imprinted. We can be reading a bunch of novels. Well, that's great. What's being imprinted? Paul is saying in the midst of life, Keep looking at Christ. Keep gazing at him. He's our model. He's our mentor. Keep looking at Christ so that we become like him. People say, you know, the old men are going along and they have dogs and after a while the dog looks like the owner and the owner looks like the dog. You know what I mean? Because they spend so much time together. There is this relationship. We look at Jesus, we become more like Jesus. That's what Paul is saying. So we're invited along that way, being receptive, of growing, of gazing at Jesus, of maturing in him. It's a 
road of hope, it's a road of maturity. But as we do that, as we close, we, we recognize that this is not just something we do on our, by ourselves. Bonnie, Pastor Bonnie preached last week and she talked about the need and our invitation to live in community. And that's right on. And Paul says in another place in Galatians 6.2 that we are to bear one another's burdens. So this, this journey with Jesus is not a lone ranger journey. It's not just you or I journeying on our own, but we, we do this hand in hand with the community of faith. And so here at Weston, we're doing this the best we can in these days of pandemic, but nevertheless, we try to do it together. We carry each other's burdens. You know, this week I had an interesting experience. One night around dinner time, I look out at my front window and I see this mother duck coming. And a mother duck is walking along our front yard with nine little ducklings. Wow. I look at that, I think like, what's going on here? So the duck was a little spooked because the person was walking up the street with a dog. And so the duck wants to keep moving. And so the mom duck keeps coming right over our front lawn, and then there's a ledge, and it has to go up the ledge. And the mom duck is about this big. It's pretty good, just hops right up. Of course, the nine little ducklings, now this is a hurdle. I don't know how old they are, but they're not very old, and they have to jump up and follow the mom. And the first bunch seem to be able to do it. They jump up. But the last few, they try, and they fall back down. Yeah, they gotta, they gotta jump up about seven, seven or eight inches. They jump up, fall down. Jump up, fall down. After a while, they're just wiped out. They're saying, we, I don't know, Mom, we, we can't do this. The mom keeps coming back, quack, 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 tries to get them to follow. Anyway, after a while, I'm thinking, you know what? If I don't go out there and help them, they are messed up because the mom's taken off and they can't get over this ledge. So I went out, grabbed one, Brought it over to the mom. I didn't realize, I didn't know how the mom would respond to this. So I, I was hesitant to do it. But after a while, I figured, okay, grab the second one, grab the third one. And when they're all there again, they head off, they head off into the backyard. I watched them. And then they circled off to the left into my neighbor's yard. After that, I said, it's up to you to go your own way now. I'm out of it. But the three little ducklings had to have a help. They, somebody had to help. They weren't going. So Paul is saying there are times when we have to help each other. That's just the way it is. It's not a solo run. And we need to take the time and be open and be aware of those around us, brothers and sisters in the faith, who need some sort of helping hand. Will we do that? That is what Paul is inviting us to do as Christians, together, journeying, helping. So maybe in this moment, in this time, there's somebody you can reach out and help in some way. So I return to Edward Farrell's statement, each one of us is called to a new conversion. Each one of us is called to experience his or her growing edge at this particular point in his or her life. What is your growing edge? Are we veiled right now? Or will we unveil our hearts? Am I flatlining and plateauing or even giving up? Or will I carry on and grow and say yes to the Lord. So you may feel right now that nothing's going on. You may feel like, I, man, I'm just dying inside in terms of my faith. Well, as Jack and Allie says, the first step of getting unstuck is to know 
and to realize you're stuck. And so maybe right now we simply say, Lord, I'm stuck. And in the midst of that, work in me, Holy Spirit, Lord Christ, together work in my life that I may say yes to you, live for you, walk for you, go forward in hope. I offer these words this morning to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.